Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. If you'll look with me on the side screens, I want to look right at a verse today. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Would you read that with me? Let's start right at the beginning. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Man, you need to persevere. Would you poke the person sitting next to you and tell them, you need to persevere. Guys, this is important. Did you know that God can make you a promise that you never possess if you don't learn how to persevere. And it's true in every area of life. It's true when it comes to your relationships. It's true when it comes to your finances. It's true when it comes to your health, to your business. You need to learn to persevere. That's why we've titled this message today is Don't Stop Short. And in fact, we're going to break it into two parts. This week, we're going we're to talk about don't stop short of the promises that God wants you to receive. And then next week, we're going to talk about don't stop short of the purpose that God wants you to fulfill. So today, I want to speak to someone who either has stopped short, you have quit on some area of your life, or I want to speak to someone today who you are on the verge of quitting, where there's something you've been looking at and you've wanted to see success, you, you, you've wanted there to be change, and you feel like you've visited this area of your life over and over and over again, and you are on the verge of wanting to quit See, God wants you to receive the blessings he's spoken to your life. And for some of you, you've, you've heard blessings that God wants, promises he wants for you. Here in teachings, you've heard it as you, you've read in the Bible for yourself. Maybe you feel like God has spoke something into your life, given you a dream. And today I want to speak to you if you feel like on, you're on the edge of quitting. So today, I want to encourage you to go ahead and grab your Bibles, and we're going to take a look at a story found in Joshua chapter 6. And while you're opening up to Joshua chapter 6, I want to pray today. Uh, Heavenly Father, I believe that um, you have set this message in this church for this time because there are people in this room uh, that need to hear this. There are people in this room that you want to strengthen and give perseverance to today. And I pray today that you would get me out of the way. And as we look into your word, I pray that it would drastically change us and that we would leave here encouraged and empowered to continue on the journey that you have us on right now. So God, we thank you for this day and we pray that you'd be with us now in this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, where we are in Joshua chapter 6, we see that the nation of God, the children of Israel, um, were given a promise by God. They were given a land. It was the promised land. And we see that coming up to Joshua chapter 6, they haven't yet actually possessed the land. It was their land. God gave it to them, but they haven't possessed it yet. 
And really, this is a model of what so many of us deal with in life because our lives can be that way where, where God gives us something and it's ours to have, but we haven't yet taken possession of it. In fact, Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So what this tells us is that if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if he's in you, then, then every blessing that's in him, every strength that's in him is actually in you as well. So you possess and, and you have promised to you the, the peace of God. You have promised to you the strength of God. And, and it's very possible that you can be going through life where this is available to you, but you haven't yet taken possession of peace in your life, or you haven't taken possession of strength in your life. And we see here that it's, there's a similarity here where the children of God, the children of Israel, are about to go into a place that, that has been promised to them, but they haven't taken possession of it yet. And that's where we pick up in verse 1 here of Joshua 6. It says this, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out. And no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, remember this, the seventh day, because it's going to come back around later. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets when you hear the sound, uh, uh, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. So he's saying, on the seventh day, I want you to get ready, get everyone to get ready, and give their war cry, give that war cry. But wait, 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 not yet. First, you got to march around the city six days, six different times, the same city, and it says, then the walls of the city will collapse, and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. So God's saying basically, finally, you're, you're here. You're about to receive what God promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, what he promised to Moses and, and, and all the people before Joshua. was like, they've, they've expected this. The nation has expected this promise for so long. They're right on the edge of it. He says, but first, but first, before you go take possession of it, what I want you to do is I want you to go in there and take a march. I want you to walk around the city, and I want you uh, to go around and, and, and don't, don't go on talking and screaming and all that. Just go in and play your trumpets, go around the city, and do that for six days. So in this passage, what I want to do this morning, in this passage, I want to take a look at three reasons why people like you and I stop short. Because I think in this story, you could find a lot of reasons. There's a lot more than three. But I want to highlight three reasons why you and I quit, why you and I stop short of the blessings that God has for us. Because so many of us have heard God's promises for our life, and we've been trying to go for them, but, but we're so tempted to quit. So the first reason, reason number one, why, we're, why we stop short. Number one, our perspective gets blocked. I hope you'll write this down or put it in your phone, email it to yourself or something, because this is going to help you in the future. Sometimes the reason that people stop short is our perspective gets blocked. Isn't it true? Isn't it true how your perspective can get blocked? I was thinking about 
this. This last week as I was studying uh, the story of Jericho again here in Joshua 6, I remember growing up in Sunday school as a little kid learning about Jericho. How many of you heard the story of Jericho before? The walls of Jericho. Okay, we were talking about this this last week. There's even a song about Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, 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 Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. You guys remember that song? Anybody? Yeah, it's a terrible song. It's horrible. We were joking about this last week because like over 20 years ago when the church was on 29 Road in North Avenue, we played that as like an instrumental special during the offering like every week. But uh, I just remember hearing this song, and I remember it as a kid. We sang it in kids' church, and the truth is I don't like the song. But I think it's fair to say that because I believe if Joshua was here today and he heard that song, he would hate that song. Because it said Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. I mean, that's almost offensive because how simplistic is that? I mean, we try to make it so simple, like, yeah, he, he fought the battle and the walls came down. What it doesn't tell you in the song is that this is 40 years after he first went into the promised land to see what God said was theirs and they could take possession of. And because the children of Israel were running their mouths and complaining and the negative uh, uh, report that they brought back as they came back as spies, because of all of these failures that took place, he had something that was at his fingertips. He was excited about it. And for 40 years, he didn't get an opportunity to possess this promise. And then they find themselves at a place now where, where God is saying, okay, uh, I want you to go in and, and I want you to march around this city and march around it for, for six days straight, just, just march and then come back. And then on the seventh day, I'm going to do something. You think, well, six days, that's not very long. It's a long time if you've been waiting for 40 years just to have an opportunity. So here we are in a place where Joshua comes in and, and he's excited because God's saying, okay, it's yours. I'm going to give it to you. I, I, I'm going to bless you. And, and you got to go after it. And we sing a song like, well, it's, it's so easy. He just fought the battle and the walls came tumbling down. Guys, it's really easy when we look at other people's blessings to try to simplify their process. To say, you know, well, they just, they, she just married a good woman. That's why they have a good marriage. And, and they've had a marriage for 50 years and it's so good. Or they're just, they've got a lot of money. They're just successful. It, should, it was easy for them. And then you talk to the person who has a good marriage. And you're like, whoa, no. There was a process involved in growing this marriage. There was a process involved in, in disciplining myself into a place where God could bless me financially. There was a process involved in getting to a place where I was healthy again. And it is so easy for us to just look at someone's, problem, uh, someone's success and go, oh, it's easier for them than it is for me. And we ignore the fact that sometimes God takes us through some process. So what he says to the Israelites is, I want you to go in and I want you to march around for six days. And, 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 and guys, it's so easy sometimes to get stuck in the fact that all we can see sometimes in life are the challenges. I think that's what discourages so many of us. Because a little history lesson on Jericho. Jericho wasn't a very big city. In fact, historically, there's many, there's many historians and theologians that believe you could have marched around the city of Jericho in less than an hour. 
So this isn't a big city. The challenge of Jericho was not its vast size. The challenge of Jericho was that it had incredibly high walls. And because of the incredibly high walls, they couldn't see in. They couldn't even see what the battle was going to look like. Their perspective was blocked. So they're thinking, we're coming in here, we're getting ready to fight, and all we see is walls. And it could be discouraging when, when in life it feels like all you look at are the challenges. When, when you look into your life and all you see is walls and obstacles, and all I see is the setback and the failure, and all I'm looking at is teenagers, hello, and you're going, like, I, I want success, but all I see is the difficulty here, all I see is the challenge. And guys, that's why I want to encourage every one of you today that, that you're here at church because one of the reasons God shows us that we need to come together as a group of people is to encourage one another, to lift up each other's perspective. So when we come into church and we're worshiping and we're listening to sermons together and we pray with one another and we get in small groups and, and, and discuss with each other and encourage with one another, what we're doing is we're saying, instead of just looking at the problem in front of me, the wall in front of me, I want to lift my perspective and see this from a different angle. Because apparently, as we look into scripture here, God sees this whole situation differently than, than Joshua did. Because he's on ground level. He's looking at these enormous walls that they have no idea how they're going to get around. Looking at gates that are barred. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And the Bible says, again in verse 1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were actually barred because of the Israelites. See, sometimes when you get into the presence of God and you begin seeing his perspective on your problem, you start recognizing that that problem that you've been intimidated by for so long has actually been intimidated by you. The Israelites, they were just marching around in the open, free, but it was their enemy that was hiding on the inside, locked in. It, but they didn't know this because their perspective was blocked. So it says, now the gates of Jericho was securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. If you slow down and read this, if you're anything like me, this is a very frustrating two verses. Because I don't believe these two verses should go together. Because my problem with verse 2 is verse 1. Because verse 1 says that the gates were, were barred. That, that the walls were tall, the gates were barred. No one was going in, no one was going out. And yet verse 2 says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. Side note quickly. First of all, only God can speak in past tense about a battle that you haven't even fought yet. That's the confidence of our God who lives outside of time. He's, he already seen the battle end and yet here we are. And he's speaking in past tense going, I've already given this to you. You're going to win. You're going to conquer. You just, you just got to go possess it. And he's trying to show them that there's a different perspective, a different way to look at this. And sometimes our perspective gets blocked. See, I wonder if we just make this real for a minute. Have you ever felt like what God was telling you? The promises he's given you, the hope he's given you, doesn't match up with the reality that's sitting right in front of your face. When, when he's saying, I, I want you to have a healthy marriage, and you see yet one more fight this evening. I, I want you to have a healthy lifestyle, and, and yet you're going back to the medicine cabinet and taking more pills because of that difficulty. 
Maybe he's telling you, you know, to be an encouragement to other people, and yet the, what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, is discouragement yourself. Or he's saying, I, I want you to tithe, and I want to bless you financially, and you're going, I don't know how I could tithe. I can't even make ends meet myself. And, and it's like we can feel this way sometimes where you're going, God is saying that he's given me this city, but all I see is walls. See, I think it can be so frustrating and so discouraging to us sometimes when our reality of what we see doesn't match up with the reality of what God is speaking to us. So that brings us to the second reason we stop. First, because our perspective gets blocked, but second, because our progress isn't always obvious. Our progress isn't always obvious. See, God tells Joshua, march for six days, and on the seventh day, um, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to give you a breakthrough. You're gonna, the walls are going to come down. So, so he has this conversation with Joshua, gives them all the details, okay? And then the scene changes, and we see that now Joshua is addressing the people. So he gets all the details from God, and then this is what he decides to share with God's people. It says, so Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry the trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant follows. So we have progress, right? It's like it, it never feels good to be sitting still, but now they've got progress. And I can tell you, I, I can feel discouraged sometimes if I don't see progress, but now they've got to be going, we've been waiting for over 40 years, and God is saying, go, march, advance, it's time to go. And the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voice, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua left Early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Seven priests carrying the trumpets, the seven trumpets, went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. Guys, I want to get all up in this story for a minute. I want us to feel what it feels like to be the Israelites during this week of their life, okay? Just imagine this with me for a moment because, I mean, remember, we've been waiting for 40 years to even get an opportunity to go in and start this fight, to start this battle. And once we get into this battle, we'll tell, okay, what we're going to do today, guys, is I want you to go out and I want you to march. We're going to advance. Keep your mouth shut. We're going to go into the battlefield. We're going to march around the city. So you got these men who we've been, we've been training. We've been getting ready. I've been sharpening my sword. Here I am. I'm ready to go. And we march around the city. And it's silent except for the trumpets. And we're, we're walking around the city. And, and I'm ready. I'm still pumped. Like any minute now we're going to get this thing done. Joshua said march. We're going to destroy this place. And now we're marching. And the day is getting later into the day. And then, and then now it's like it's starting to get dark and we go home 
And, and now I'm coming home to my wife, and, and my wife's in the tent. And she's like, oh, I wasn't in there. Who'd you kill today, my big warrior, right? Mm, my big man, who, who'd you kill? Are we, is it going to be awesome in there? Is it good in there? I mean, tell me about it. And we're like, well, um, so, so what happened was uh, we... You know, uh, kind of we, I, I would consider today more like a preseason, like a spring training, like, like a warm-up. We just kind of, we went for a, a walk. Um, you know, I think maybe Josh was just, he's trying to get us acclimated to the conditions, so we're going to be ready to go in and take this place tomorrow. So I'm sure tomorrow we're going in there, right? Bible says they did this for six more days. How would that have felt on the second night when she's like, how did it go today? I mean, are we, are we ready to take this place? Is it going to be, well, we just we went for a walk. You know, day three and four must have been maddening by day five, by day six. It's like, then you come home and you're like, you know, I think Joshua's lost his flipping mind. Like, Someone needs to talk to this man, but, but he said we couldn't even open our mouths. He told us to shut up. We, side note there. I believe the reason Joshua didn't let the Israelites speak is because Joshua was there 40 years earlier and remembered that the reason that the Israelites couldn't possess the promised land is because of the words that came out of their mouth. So his strategy for them was, guys, I want you to shut up and march. Shut your mouth, because the words that come out of your mouth could be our very biggest enemy in this battle, and we can't have your mouth hurting what God wants to do here, so just shut up. And I'm telling you, maybe for some of us in this room, the strategy in your life needs to be adopted to just shut up and march. Man. I don't know about this. Every day we get up and we go. For, for all I know, because it's like, remember, God told Joshua on the seventh day something amazing is going to happen. But when Joshua addresses the people, he just says, guys, shut up and march. So it's not like they have a countdown clock where they're going, you know, uh, if, if I... I could do this for like a little bit longer. I could do this for a couple more days. See, that's the reason, the third reason why so many people quit. Why so many people stop short is because number three, the process is open-ended. The process is open-ended. See, I can do almost anything if I know how long I have to do it. Right? I mean, you tell me, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a workout, it's a diet, whatever it would be in my life. If I know how long I have to deal with it, I can deal with it. Like, I'm not one of these people who loves to run. You know, my wife is one of these people who loves to run. I'm not one of those people you run and go post it on Instagram. I just ran five miles. No, that's, that ain't me, okay? But I remember every once in a while she'll ask me, she's like, Dan, let's go for a run. Let's go for a run, Dan. All right, let's do it. And you know my wife, she's, she's like energetic, she's ready to rock. I'm like, okay, I'll go with you, I'll go for a run. And, and we start running, we're like 30 seconds, and I'm like, babe, how long are we going to do this? She's like, what are you talking about? We're just running, we're just going to run today. I'm like, no, are we like, is this a mile? Is this like 20 minutes? Is, are we going to, 
Well, he said, I don't know. We're just running. Just run with me. Just, just run. <laughs> no. No. I ain't doing that. Because, like, I've changed the rule now, and I'll work out with my wife. I love working out with her, but I changed the rule. Uh, when we run, I'm in control of the clock, and we, we decide, like, from the beginning, we say, how long are we going to run? Then we're going to run for 15 minutes. I'm like, I can do that. If I know it's going to be 15 minutes, I can, in fact, I'll raise you. I'll do 20 minutes. Like, I, we can, because I know how long it's going to be. But, but imagine with me, when someone else is holding the clock, and I don't know how much longer I have to deal with this foolishness. <laughs> you know, this could be frustrating. Like, are you kidding? Like, I don't know. But, but what if, like, what if somehow God were to give us some sort of a countdown clock on the promises that he has for us in our lives? Right? Where we just know how much longer it's going to be. Because let me tell you, if, if I were God... Now, given, I know that's like the scariest idea in all mankind. But if I were God, what I would do is I would want to motivate my troops by like letting them know there's some progress taking place. So like maybe if I know it's going to be a seven-day march, maybe like after the end of the march on every day, like one-seventh of the wall would come crumbling down. You know, just so I could see a little progress. Like, you remember Tetris? Tetris, like, as soon as you make the full line, it clears at the bottom. You're like, we're making progress now, right? That's what I would want to do. It's like, think, you know, I, I, I could do it if I see there's progress. So I could do it if I see that, that this isn't just me going through the motions every day of my life and getting exhausted and not seeing any sort of results coming to the end of this. I, I can do it if I know when this is going to end. And what if God gave us a countdown clock on your prayers? And he were to tell you, you know, I know you're tired, I know you're exhausted, but just one more month, and then that breakthrough's going to come. I, I know you're tired, I know all your friends are getting married right now, and, 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 and you're still single and looking for a spouse, but if you could stay pure for just two more years, like if we knew that type of information, we'd be like, oh, I got that. Yeah, I can handle that. That's not a problem at all, God. You know, it, I, I got this all day long, but see... I think the reason why God didn't knock down a little bit of the wall at the time, didn't show a little bit of progress every day, is he didn't want the Israelites to start trusting in their own strength and their own progress. He wanted them to continue trusting in his promise. So it then poses this question of, are they going to keep marching? Are they going to keep doing what God said to do just because he said to do it, even if it doesn't look like there's anything happening? Would you trust that God's still at work? I believe that's the question for every one of us in this room. Are you willing to keep marching even though it doesn't look like anything's happening on the outside? Are you willing to keep marching and keep staying faithful and keep serving and keep loving and keep growing even though it doesn't look like anything is happening simply just because God said, get up and march? See, how many of you watch NASCAR? Anyone? Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll turn on NASCAR uh, 
because I want to take a nap in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. It's like he just puts me to sleep, all those left turns, you know. Like, fall asleep, you wake up two hours later, they're still turning left, right? But in NASCAR, they have, they have a little ticker on the side of the screen that is a countdown of how many laps are left. And they let the drivers know how many laps are left so the drivers can pace themselves so that they know exactly how much longer they have to sustain this sort of pace. But the problem with life, the problem with faith, is that there's no countdown to how many laps are left. And that is the sermon I hope you'll hear today. That's the encouragement I hope you will hear today, is don't stop short. Don't stop short, because I, I fear and I believe there are so many people that you've given up on your marriage You've given up on your kids. You've given up on your health. You've even given up on God and you're on the last lap and you didn't even know it. And I, and I wonder, I wonder if it's, if the enemy knows he, he's getting so close to this blessing, so close to this breakthrough that there are hopes, their dreams that they've been going for. You know, the relationship coming through to a place where there's, there's covenant and there's strength and it's like they're so close. And it's like, so the enemy's going, I'm gonna do everything I can to get them to stop now. Guys, don't stop on the final lap. Don't, don't, you're, because some of you, you're so close. Faithfully, you've been, you've been serving God. Faithfully, you've been growing. Faithfully, you've been working on your marriage and you're so close. And I know there's some of you in this room, you're ready to throw in the towel. Here's the truth about this story. Because one day they woke up and it was day seven. And there's going to be one day that if you get up and you treat every day believing that God is doing work in your life, even if you can't see the results of it right now, you can't see the progress, there's going to be one day that if you get up treating every day like it's your last lap, you're going to be right stand with me what I want to ask you to do right now is if you bow your heads every eye closed in this room I, I want to ask you because I believe there's some people in here that in some area of your life you've been looking at big walls you've been looking at big challenges and you are ready to quit you're ready to throw in the towel no one's looking around right now if that's you I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you this morning I believe God wants to do a work in every one of us. See, the story with the Israelites marching around Jericho, I think it's confused in so many of our minds because we believe that the end result of this story should be what God promised the Israelites. We think that the most important thing in our lives is the promise that God wants to give us, but the flip in all of this, when we look at the whole picture, is that the most important thing to God in the story was the work that he was doing on the inside of each and every person that was marching around. Because in fact, they wouldn't have been able to handle the promises. They wouldn't have been able to handle the giants that they were gonna face in the promised land if it, if it wasn't for the fact that God sent them on a march just to teach them a little bit of faith so they weren't trusting in their own progress, but they were trusting in the promises of God. 
So for every one of you that just raised your hand, I want us to pray as a church for you today because I believe God right now can impart into you perseverance. He can impart into you strength. And I believe he can impart into us faith so we can trust him even when we want to quit. So if you had your hand up, I want to encourage you, raise it back again and let's pray right now. If you didn't raise your hand, pray for these men and women around you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that God, you have blessings and miracles in store for every one of us in this room. And there's a lot of us that we're tired. We're tired of marching around the same city, around the same problem, around the same fights, and we're wanting to throw in the towel. But God, where our trust lies is not in our own progress. Right now, God, we declare that our trust lies in you. And we believe you're doing a work in our lives. We believe you're doing a work in our health, in our families, in our marriages. And God, we trust you to be the change, to be the deliverer, to be the redeemer in our own lives. So God, I pray for each and every man and woman in this room where we've been wanting to throw in the towel, where we've just been pushing through life by our own effort. I pray right now we'd be able to lean into you and that God, you would give us strength. You would give us perseverance. You would give us power. God, in order to be able to keep marching, God, for some of us in this room, we said it jokingly earlier, but help us adopt the, this, this attitude, this strategy of going, I'm just going to shut up and march. I believe he's God. I believe he's good. I'm going to stop fighting against myself with my own words, and I'm going to start just doing what he tells me to do and trusting him. God, we pray the people in this room that are on the last lap, that are coming around it one more time, I pray that you would give us breakthrough, that you would knock the walls down in our lives and help us to be able to see the miracles, to see the promises that you've promised to us. So thank you, God, for every person in here. We love you so much, and we lift up your name, Jesus, and glorify you in this place. And it's his precious name we pray. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Keep on marching. Don't stop short. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In fact, you can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me if you haven't already done so. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And thank you, God, for that fact. I ask that you now be my savior to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer for any reason, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or on the web at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.